This morning, we're moving into Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104. And this section begins with a transformed heart. It shows you that a heart that's transformed, oh, how I love your law. And then it moves into an an anatomy of the transformed life. So verses 97 through 100 focused on the renewed mind. It gives us a comprehensive survey of what the word can do to renew our minds. And then in verse 101 through 104, it gives us a comprehensive plan for our feet, how we're supposed to live, the path we're supposed to walk. So this is a an anatomy of the transformed life. And it all begins with what you love. Oh, how I love your law. So Today, we'll just get an overview and point out some key pieces, and tomorrow we'll try to apply it a little more. So the first section, the renewed mind, verse 97 through 100. In Romans 12, 2, Paul calls us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And this is what this psalm does. So that's not just a New Testament call, the central call Uh, or command of the law is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And so what this does is it's going to show us how if our hearts love the law, how does it then transform our mind and our feet? 
our path. So let's look, let's read through it and see for some of the marks of the renewed mind. Notice the first thing is our minds are lovingly absorbed in the word. Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. The first thing you need if your mind is going to be renewed is it needs to be absorbed in the word. Your mind will be shaped by what you commit to thinking most about. And then notice the second thing in verse 98. Once we do that, then we're equipped for all of the hazards and the threats of life. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. So a a heart that loves the word and a mind that's absorbed by it is the greatest protection against the hazards, the threats, the enemies. And then what that does in verse 99 is it creates a, it allows us to possess a wisdom that's beyond even human comprehension. I have more insights than all my teachers for your testimonies or my meditation. Now, this is like a not a snotty-nosed 13-year-old kid who is bragging because he knows more about um, life than his teachers. You know, this is not what reminds me of what Mark Twain said, that when he was 14, he he thought or his father was so ignorant that he couldn't stand to even be around him. And then by the time he became 21, it was amazing how much smarter his father had gotten in those seven years. And so this is not, um, you know, a snotty-nosed teenager who thinks they know everything. Um, this is getting that it's meditation on the word that can give you insight into the world that's beyond just the natural insight you would get um, from ordinary education and schooling. It can give you something that will transcend and deepen those. And then notice the fourth thing is it will give you something that can even transcend your traditions. I understand more than the aged because I have observed your precepts. So that means even the wise in the world, the worldly wise, who have it through hard-fought experience, that a mind that loves the word and meditates on it and is dedicated to it can transcend even that. And then it moves. Notice how it moves. Actually, let's not move too quickly. Let's look at that word for understanding in verse 99 or insight, depending on your translation. Insight, understanding. Or some translations even translate it, I have prudence. And the idea here is the idea of Prudent and successful action. It means doing the right thing, you know, the right thing to do at the right time in order to achieve the right goal. It has all three concepts wrapped up in it. The right thing at the right time for the right goal. And that's such a powerful, important skill to develop. And we need our mind to be shaped by the word so we can do all three. It's not just knowing the right thing to do. It's also knowing the right time to do it. And it's also having the right goal for it in mind. And then you notice as we move into 
um, verse 101, notice how the metaphor shifts from his mind to his feet. I've restrained my feet from the evil way so that I may keep your word. I have not turned aside. I mean, I'm walking down a path and I'm not going to be dissuaded. I'm not going to be persuaded to step off the path. I have not turned aside from your ordinances. For you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So this is reiterating that great theme of that he loves it. It's um, existentially beautiful. He tastes it. It's sweet. And then from your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I, therefore I hate every false way. And so he moves into the direction of his life. And if you'll notice, you notice how in the first part, how much attention is on sustained attention. That's the key question. Notice he talks about um, meditating over and over all the day, forever it's in his mind. He has observed continual obedience. And if your mind is going to be transformed, there has to be continual sustained attention. And I actually think as we go forward in the world, that attention will be the superpower that we most desperately need to succeed. That'll be the greatest gift you can teach your children is how to focus. But then after focus becomes the movement of the feet. And notice the dynamic to keep you motivated and going is wrapped up in verse 103 and 104. The sweetness of the word, it's sweeter than honey, but then also hating every false way. Isn't it interesting how this begins with love and it ends with hate? He loves the word, he hates the false way. So here we have a beautiful picture of both the mind and the feet of someone who loves and is dedicated to the word. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly Son and Holy Ghost.